This is Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Suck it! Welcome to episode 131 of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast with our immediate takes on the WWE draft on uh, the first live SmackDown, or as they're calling it, SmackDown Live. This is Corey Richmond, joined as always by Jason Brooks. Uh, Jason, we'll get into on the top of the show the latest on Brock Lesnar, but the majority of this episode will be talking about the uh, three-hour epic known as uh, WWE Draft 2016. Any quick thoughts right off the bat on something that either surprised you or you really enjoyed from the draft? Quick thought. Yeah, I thought the draft was okay. Um, you know, you never know what to expect with this. Um, according to Brian Alvarez, he put this out on Twitter, um, that they didn't finalize the selections until like 10 minutes before the draft started. And they were still debating NXT picks up until two hours before. So clearly creative wasn't sure what they were doing with NXT. You would, I mean, you would have thought they would have decided, especially the NXT people earlier. And, uh, you know, apparently with some of the decisions they made, um, you look at some of the people who were drafted, Mojo Rowley, and, and I mean, ugh, I don't know. I was not impressed with NXT picks other than Finn Balor. And then the thought, I mean, we can talk about it more. They've got to keep NXT strong. We'll talk about that. But, you know, some really interesting picks. I mean, Raw really should have killed them in terms of the, the people, but they, they really kind of, Big Show and Mark Henry, isn't he going to retire soon? And Jericho, I mean, it, it was an interesting draft for sure. And you know what, I guess mine right off the top, before we get into Lesnar, unfortunately, two weeks, two shows in, you know, three days, unfortunately, Lesnar's uh, a major topic. I think it's really interesting on who didn't get drafted, you know? I mean, no Joe, no Bailey, no Asuka. I mean, I didn't expect, like, a Bobby Roode or an Austin Aries. But, you know, or Shinsuke Nakamura. I know these guys are on the Brooklyn show, but it's going to be interesting to see how they deal with people who didn't get drafted and how they go from here. Are they all free agents, you know, and with the title situation. But we'll get into that in a few moments. But right off the top, when we spoke last, we had found out on Friday that Brock Lesnar was uh, tested positive for apparent uh, USADA violation. Uh before the actual fight, and then day of the fight, we've got another ugly situation for, for Brock, where it's he's he's got popped again, two t- two tests, two popped. I mean, we we're taking this from the WWE point of view. I mean, I'm a huge mm-hmm. UFC fan. It's a, sad to see a guy who looked that good in his return could basically now be gone. His career could be over with a could be a two year suspension. But WWE related, they. They didn't back down on this uh, SummerSlam match, so it looks like, at least in their mind, it's going to happen. But what, what's your thoughts? Two tests, two Brock Lesnar failures right now. Yeah, so according to Lance Pugmire, who writes for the Los Angeles Times, so he's not like a you know a dirt sheet writer or anything, he's reporting that the test that Lesnar um, tested positive for, the same drug twice. Um, was the one that John Jones was, was popped for. Um, he says, uh, Pigmire says that an official with knowledge of Lesnar's test said that the substance was chlorophene. Chlorophene is an anti-estrogen blocker that is, that is on the banned list. Chlorophene, I'm definitely not saying it right, 
It's commonly used as a post-steroid cycle therapy, and the drug is known to help stimulate testosterone production. Uh, the drug is said to be cheaper than TRT and has fewer side effects. So who knows if, you know, that's what he did or, or whatever. That's a report from a reporter for the Los Angeles Times. But, you know, UFC-wise, look, he's done. I mean, this is it for his career, right? Um, in terms of the WWE, listen, you heard the fans. They were still chanting Suplex City. They were still chanting for him. I don't know if this is really going to affect him that much in the WWE. I guess the only thing is the WWE is what do you do in terms of the suspension? Do you suspend him for 30 days? And if you do, he comes back. So I don't know. If, I just don't know if one really affects the other like we think. Right. That is interesting. I mean, and as of this recording, like I said, we're doing this basically right after SmackDown Live. It's July 19th. If they're going to suspend him for 30 days mm. for a first-time offense, if they do do that, they've got to do it basically tomorrow. Because the uh, SummerSlam is August 21st. So I mean, he, this, this is a question, though, I guess. Do you think it matters to the... the uh, now, does it take away his legitimacy... Um, as a, you know, uh, the UFC fighter, a little bit, for sure. Um, but does it really matter in a big scheme of things in the WWE's eyes? I don't know. I mean, I, really, to be honest with you, the fans are still chanting for him. They'll still chant Suplex City. They'll still kick the crap out of people in the ring. I don't know what impact this has. That's a very interesting point. I mean, does... Should they care? It wasn't a test under their... He didn't fail one of their tests. So they can say that what he did outside of of us is outside of us. Um, I guess... I mean, for instance, do you think Vince cares at all if these guys are doing steroids? He does not care at all. But he has to, because it's a publicly traded company, the public perception of things, so on and so forth. These other wrestling organizations, they don't test for anything. I guess TNA has some tests they do. You know, we've never, I don't even know if there's ever been a guy even popped for it, other than Ken Anderson, who was visibly drunk during one of the um, tapings, supposedly. Right. So, you know, these organizations, wrestling organizations, they don't test for steroids. It is not a competitive sport, it is a predetermined thing. So, I don't know if Vince even really cares. Now, from just a standpoint of how it looks to the public, he doesn't want that. But does he care? I don't know. Do WWE fans? I mean, by those chants today, and, and it was a small sample size, I don't know that they're really going to care, to be honest with you. It's... I mean, Lesnar's going to care because he's going to lose millions of dollars because of this, but... Oh, yeah. It's, that's going to be the interesting thing, how much he actually loses in the end of this. But, you know, when it comes down to it, I think you have a point there. The idea of, does Vince care? Maybe not. But when you're in the market now, and I'm looking at this more of a bit, the business end of it, not the perception. And some of it's the perception end. It's the idea of you want to market certain guys, like, you know, Roman Reigns. So it's going to be interesting to see how they market him when he comes back. But, you know, what? now that with TV rights and everything else, and they're all buddy with, w, with uh, ESPN and, you know, they get coverage from, you know, CBS Sportsline. Even though Jim Ross isn't with the company anymore, he still writes articles for spots, you know, foxsports.com. 
when you're trying to get legitimate a legitimacy and then possibly when the USA deal is over in a couple of years and there's still always that interest possibly of a US of ESPN putting them maybe on ESPN two every Monday night, do you really want ES does ESPN really want to be associated with something that they usually are against when it comes to steroids, you know? I mean Yeah, but I but Corey, I guess the, so that's the thing I mean by Vince doesn't care. I don't think this is going to hurt their bottom line. I mean, I don't want to say I don't think for sure, but the thing is, so you have, you're right, about the steroids and it's not legitimate, and then, you know, that could be an issue. But they suspended Roman Reigns for steroids. He came back in 30 days. He did not fail a WWE-issued test. Now, you could say, well, he didn't fail a WWE-issued test, so does that make their test legitimate? Most likely, if he did steroids, he wasn't doing it for the WB. He was doing it to fight freaking Mark Hunt, who, who could have knocked him out. You know, he wasn't worried about doing drugs to go against Seth Rollins. You know what I mean? So, I, I think that's one thing you could say about the test and whether the test is quote-unquote legitimate or not. Plus, the WB probably hadn't tested him for months anyway, because he hasn't wrestled for the right. long time. So, that's one thing. Two, I mean, is it really going to hurt their bottom line? The uh, ESPN, all these companies promote UFC, and they've had, you know, Chael Sonnen was on ESPN. And did he not fail a drug test at one point? Oh, absolutely. He was suspended for two years. And he's one of the commentators. He was analyzing one of the fights. Sure. So, you know, I mean, I I don't know. I hear what you're saying. Now, in terms of, will fans buy less T-shirts because Brock Lesnar may have done steroids in the UFC? I I don't think so. I, I, I don't. It remains to be seen. But I don't think so. I think this hurts him. And UFC obviously kills his UFC career and costs him millions of dollars. He got like two point five million for that fight. Um, so he could up, have had yeah. probably three or four more fights at least in him. That takes away all that. But in terms of him in the landscape of the WWE, I don't know that it changes much. It is. I, I don't know. I mean, I think it could change things where. I know this sounds like Pollyanna-ish, and maybe you'll have a better take on this because of your profession as a, as as a counselor in schools. The idea of that now parent who's maybe their kid's favorite performer, who's either Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar, there's this mark on them saying they're a steroid user, and then you have to have that. Do they want their biggest stars for their the kids to maybe not want to root for them? When there's this, all this negativity in all the sports in regards to how people who have that almost, you know, that scarlet letter when when steroids is involved or, you know, performance enhancing drugs, you know? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's um, an interesting thing. I, I, I don't think that that's, a, 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 you know, I don't totally disagree with that, that that's something that they have to work on. I think Brock Lesnar, though, is the adult babyface. You know, he's the babyface for the adults. Sure. So I don't know, and I don't know that kids would be that affected by it. I don't know that they'll even totally what about get Ro- it. What about Roman Reigns? I mean, Roman Reigns is a bit of a different story. He failed a WWE-issued test. He is a fan favorite for the for the kids and the women. And I do think Reigns could be an issue. I mean, nobody likes him anyway. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, Booker T said it a million times in that post uh, that post SmackDown show. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've talked about Reigns a bunch. I don't know what they. I don't know what's going to happen with him, Corey. I don't know how they could. You know, and, and I was going to say this on Twitter at work shoot pod. 
uh, Raw drafted the two biggest heels in the company, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with Reigns. You know, I agree that, you know, and, and, and not only is it, you know, did he fail the test, but they put it all over. The, they made that part of the show. They made that part of what they did, part of the storyline. So kids are definitely going to know about it. So um, that, that's why people say, oh, I don't let my kid watch wrestling. Well, that's stupid because you should let them watch wrestling so then they ask you questions based on what's going on. But um, that's my soapbox one. <laughs> I, I, I think that, yes, the parents are going to need to explain to the kids what this is and what happened. The one thing is with the suspension, it's so vague that who knows what it's for. We thought it could be for marijuana until we researched it and looked it up and it showed that it wasn't. Right. But if we didn't look it up, we could have still assumed it was. So I guess with Reigns, it's a little bit different because we don't even know what he was suspended for and what it, what, what it was. And they didn't explain that to the audience at all. So, you know, I think that could be a little bit of a different deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we'll, you know, we'll talk more about Reigns and... Rollins and Ambrose next week when it comes to the results of Battleground. But, you know, the big thing we're talking about today is WWE Draft 2016. Supposedly the last time we'll see John Cena on on Raw or AJ Styles on Raw. You know, one thing I'd like to say right off the top, I heard something in the commentary on Monday, which... I'm just waiting to see how long they actually do this for. I think it was Stephanie or Shane. One of them said, well, it's the last time I'll, we'll have to see you on, on Raw ever again. Uh, how many, what, what's the, the over under of, of, you know, three weeks that we see Shane, we see Shane on Raw again. I mean, by the way, can I, can I also say that Stephanie was at her finest here? She was so, she is just, she's really funny. Like she's very, very funny. When when he drafted Rusev, and she just kept saying "crush" in a horrible Russian accent. Oh, it, she was she was dynamite tonight. You know, I I, I I I think Stephanie will be great in this role because if we don't have her out there every week, I think it'll make her seem more impactful. I do think she wears on the audience a little bit. She doesn't wear on me, but she does wear on the audience a little bit, which I totally get. Um, but yeah, she was she was fantastic. Tonight. Oh, I think tonight she was very good. But like I said, like and like you said, unfortunately, sometimes we see a little bit too much of her, and the idea of like every week. And I think that's the beauty of having these these GMs where they don't have we don't have to see Shane or Stephanie every week. We can see them. Maybe once or twice a month, or on the paper on their brand only pay per views, and then you know you they, they still feel like fresh characters, not being shoved down our throats. I mean that's yeah. really interesting. The, the other thing, real quick, I, I know you, you want to get to some stuff. Um, Foley uh, flubbing his lines here. These guys are going to have to remember their lines. I mean, I know McFoley Mingo, but he's he going to remember his lines. He, he flubbed a you know a bunch of lines. Um, Brian flubbed a, a few lines on Raw. Um, so it's going to take these guys really getting used to the pace and how things work because they haven't done this in a while. You know, Brian's doing the, um, the, the show, the Cruiserweight Classic, but um, 
it, it's interesting. These guys did flood their lines a little bit. They're really going to have to kind of get used to being out there every week again. Absolutely. Now, quick question. Before we get to the actual draft itself, did you think SmackDown looked any different than it normally does? Was there anything on SmackDown after this first week being live that makes you say, I, besides the idea it's live, that you know, SmackDown's any different? It's something that I got to go out of my week, my way now to watch from what you saw. Because, you know, one of the things Shane said on the last two weeks, basically, on Raw was it's going to be a new SmackDown, new, you know. Uh, well, you, know, you, you can't judge it based on that. I mean, they did a draft on the show. I agree. What I'm saying is, was there anything that really stood out to you production-wise or anything that made you say, this is no, different no, than No, it's Kevin Dunn running the show, so it's going to be the same thing. I mean, you know, not for nothing. Kevin Dunn is, is the head of, of their TV and, and their TV production and all that. And so, guys like Court Bauer, Alex Greenfield, they talked about it. Um, that kind of the style of the show. This is the style of the show. And so, until he's no longer there, I mean, the style of the show is really not going to change. So, or like NXT, where they're not, you know, they're not as involved. I don't think Kevin Dunn's involved in NXT at all. And that's why NXT sometimes is a little bit different, too. Um, so, no, it wasn't different. But the, but there's difference. Like I'm not gonna watch a show because like the production is is changed or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I mean we we're gonna have to talk about what SmackDown brings to the table as opposed to Raw as we go in the upcoming weeks. I think Raw had a funny draft. I think SmackDown had a funny draft. I, I don't know. You know, it's one of those things. I don't know if I like either um, either's roster. Um, but, I, you know, we'll talk about that more. It was The draft was really, really interesting. I mean, I think – I know you didn't get a chance to see the first two hours of it because you, you were trying to catch up with uh, doing one of the great things that you do, working, you know, with the kids with kickball and all that stuff as yeah. a secondary thing over the summer. But watching the second – whatever they call it, the secondary experience with the app, the way that – the interviews that they did with Enzo and Cass, Dolph Ziggler – and then I guess later on in the second part with Cesaro and Del Rio, you saw it, it was it was really interesting the idea of these guys having a live mic, and I'm sure they were told get a couple. Well, of- and when you saw that also after the draft too, that post draft, I mean Cesaro basically said he didn't want to be on Raw. Yeah, it's amazing. I wonder what the backlash might be from that. But I mean, you know, you had Enzo and Cass, you know, were talking a lot. You had. Charlotte, you know, said a couple of things. I mean, it was interesting to see some of these guys get a little bit of their personality over. I mean, Ziggler basically... I loved it. I don't know if uh, Ziggler was part of the post or right or, be- or before on uh, the two hours during SmackDown Live, but he went and basically cut a promo, you know, basically saying what's happened to him over the last couple of years, saying, you know what, I got to blame myself for not, you know, being a top guy right now, but... All the people really have to see is you give me, you know, a mic for three minutes, being able to talk, tell my story, do this, you know. You really felt a guy like Ziggler, basically, not saying he went off script or anything, but he kind of felt like he was shooting to the audience saying, all I really need is a chance. That's interesting. I mean, Cesaro basically said, you know, I I should have been drafted higher and I can speak five languages. I mean, he basically cut like a CM Punk kind of promo. Uh, the, the live mic thing, you're right. And, I, Corey, I would love for them to do that more. You know, sometimes they have, um, they'll talk about, 
uh, things they have with you know guys in the back. I still remember that Cody Rhodes promo from from so long ago when he talked about the IC title and making it the turning it into the white belt and why he did. And it really was it felt it felt real, like it felt like that was really him and what he was saying. And I felt that way with a lot of these like live and it was some of them were hokey and, and right. stuff like that. But a, but the some of the ones that I saw, I mean, it was these real guys' emotions. And I would love for the WWE to do more of those kind of promos with these guys. Like give them a live mic and just have them talk. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I mean, don't have don't Kalisto talk though. His was <laughs> absolutely awful. Oh he and one of the things and this and one of the biggest stories ever in these in the uh, draft era was that these guys don't know that they're getting I mean, unless you're like John Cena and maybe, you know, Orton or maybe, you know, Rollins and Ambrose knew where they were going. These guys don't know beforehand where they're going. I mean, in the classic example was with uh, with JR, Jim Ross, in 2008, I believe it was. I think it was a clip that was going online today. People were seeing it again. The idea of that he was, and you saw his reaction, he was told he was going to SmackDown and had no idea beforehand. I mean, a lot of people said, uh, you know, later on that it was McMahon was basically trying to rip him on live TV because they had their, you know, their certain problems over the years. But, you know, it's the idea of, like, you said, like, Cesaro. Cesaro, are you watching him? He had no idea he was going to going to Raw. He thought he was going to SmackDown, if anywhere, you know? I mean, it was interesting. You know, American Alpha, I'm sure, like, American Alpha and Nia Jax knew they were getting drafted because they were, they, they did, you know, little promos after they got after they got drafted. But, you know, I'm sure there's quite a few guys there who had no idea they were getting drafted to Raw or SmackDown. No, I agree. Um I would have loved for them to have shown the. I thought they would show the reaction of the guy in the back and like their immediate reaction, but with two hours, they probably didn't have time to do it. Um, it might have been a, you know, I, I would say it might have been a little more compelling had they done it on Raw, and we saw those interviews live when they did them. But um, you know, you know, show them on Raw. Uh, but you know what? It was really interesting, um, and I, I do hope they do backstage stuff like that in the future. Absolutely, and like another one, I just think off the top of my head, and we'll get into some of the actual draft stuff in one moment. But you should go back if you have a chance. I know you're a busy schedule. Watch Sheamus. Sheamus basically broke, you know, I, I know that as a wrestling, it makes me sound like a wrestling mark right now, believing everything that's happening on this show. But Sheamus was basically out there and said, the last, you know, six months, he was it was basically a waste of time. He said he should have never had the idea with uh, the League of Nations or whatever they were, League of Nations. You know, yeah. the idea, ever since he lost the title to Roman Reigns, he basically, his character hasn't made any sense. He's been spiraling. I mean, it was really interesting to see these guys actually take a moment and actually seem like they were real. You know? I yeah, mean, I agree. And I think, Corey, that's the one thing we're missing. And I, I you know, I beg of Vince to, to please give us more moments like this. You know, when a guy is interviewed right in the UFC, right after he fought, unscripted, he just comes out with it. Whatever's on his mind, whatever's in his heart. Sometimes it's crazy, sometimes it makes sense, sometimes it's great. But I think, you know, we need to see more of these guys, what their personalities are, the stuff they've been through. I mean, to me, Corey, that's compelling. What these guys have been through is compelling. You don't need to write stories for these guys all the time. 
and, and you know write promos I should say for these guys all the time. Their stories sometimes are interesting. Cesaro speaking five different languages interesting. I mean, so I don't know, but let, let's let's get into the, the specific specifics of the draft. All right, uh, draft started out with you know what we expected: Rollins and Ambrose going most likely one two. I think based on what happened coming into from last night's show, which if we have time, I'd like to get into the whole time, the way they handled Raw at the end of Raw last night, which I know both of us have some interesting thoughts on. But Rollins and Ambrose went 1-2. The big surprise were the next two picks from from Raw. Charlotte going that, that high and uh, Finn Balor getting to the main roster. I don't think it's a surprise that Finn Balor was going to the main roster, but Balor was actually picked in a spot which I think could be pretty memorable. People were like, all right, who is this guy? He's worth being, you know, a first, basically a first-round pick. Well, this is the thing. Uh, you know, the network now is, what, 1.2 million subscribers, and God knows how many people pirate. So a lot of the, the audience now, Finn Balor's been in NXT for so long, the audience really knows who he is. Um, so he got a huge pop when he announced his name. And listen, for him to be the third overall pick in this draft, I mean, not for nothing. That is a big feather in his cap. Or the fourth overall pick, I forget exactly which. Um, that is a big, big feather in his cap for sure, Court. I mean, it is a, a tremendous sign. Um, and Dave Meltzer knows this as well. It's a tremendous sign that he was really picked that high. And it shows you they think he's uh, he's a small guy, too. I mean, Vincent don't like small guys. So um, he's a guy. He's, he's tremendous. He's amazing. Um, you know, and, and good for him. Now, I'm going to bring it right up right here. AJ's on SmackDown. <clears throat> Gallows and Anderson are on Raw. Do we see that? Is this the way that the Balor Club comes together? Is it yeah. Balor, Gallows, and Anderson? Are they coming together as one? Or do you think they have Balor be a babyface or something at first? And then there may be something else going on that leads to it? Or do you... Do you basically, I don't know if you want to say give the rub, but do you go and put Gallows and Anderson with Balor right away? Um, I don't think they'll do it right away, but there's no doubt there's going to be some flirtation between the three. There has to be. I mean, Anderson and Balor started the Bullet Club. They, they started it. And I'm sure they'll get into that history. I mean, before the club got there, Finn Balor was too sweet in everybody. He too sweet at the belt. Uh, you know, so, I mean, he's been doing that forever. So I think that um, the audience has to know that they're affiliated. Or a lot of the audience knows that they're affiliated. I don't think they really realize how much Carl Anderson is affiliated with it. But um, I do think they'll bump into each other and there'll be some affiliation. But I don't think it'll happen right away, especially because the club are heels. And I think they're going to bring Finn Balor in as the big baby face. Because who's the big baby face on, on Raw? I mean, so, I mean, I guess it's supposed to be Reigns, but aye, aye, aye. So I think Balor right now is going to be a baby face. I think he has to be. I hear you. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I mean, were you surprised that, uh, quick thing, sorry, I know that in the long run where everybody got picked, it's not that big a deal, like three months no, from now. No, I, I, I don't really, I, I don't I don't think it's a big deal, but you, you can go into it. Humor, humor me. All right. But uh, were you surprised, besides Ambrose, AJ Styles was the second pick, the second SmackDown pick in this draft? I mean, they went yeah, with AJ I, I think, I think when guys are picked high, that's interesting. 
the middle picks and with guys that, I mean, I don't know about all that stuff. When AJ Pickett got high, I think that does mean something. Um, so, yes, I think AJ, but we've talked about it, right? Vince apparently likes AJ. He thinks he's a bigger deal than he thought when he first got there. He sold a lot of merchandise. He's a, so I think AJ is looked at as, I mean, Corey, I'm going to say it. I think he's looked at as a main eventer. I think he'll be champion of SmackDown. Um, I think he probably will be the first champion of SmackDown. Um, and I, I, he's a he's a guy. I mean, he's a main event guy. I see him having a big match at WrestleMania next year. Um, and yeah, so I mean, that, that doesn't surprise me with AJ, and it just again shows the faith that the company seems to have in him. It's re- it's like I said, it's really interesting. Uh, I guess I guess some other interesting things they've been leaning towards the idea that Zayn and Owens would be on separate shows. And the idea that Battleground or Battleground would be basically the end of this feud and they would go their own ways. Being, Were you surprised that they went and kept them on the same show? Um, yeah, I, I would have thought they would have put them on different shows. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I was surprised they put them on different shows. I, I agree. Um, who knows what the thinking is there. Hopefully they keep them away from each other for a while. Uh, but they know those two guys are workhorses, and I think with some of the guys that are on this roster, you know, the Mark Henrys, the uh, Big Shows, um, and Jericho. I mean, Jericho's a great worker, but who the hell knows how long he's going to be there for? With some of those guys, they need, you know, they need workhorses. Uh, they really do. So now, someone who I thought was. And you were me here for a second. I thought it was a really interesting pick, and I don't understand why they did this. Was in the <coughs> uh, in the eighth round. That's how many we had eleven rounds supposedly of this. Kalisto was drafted to SmackDown, the home of the Cruiserweights. Is going to be Raw. Kalisto is one of those guys who would be perfect for the Cruiserweights and to be able to go and really shine there. I thought that was really weird that you went and took one of, you know, a guy who sell, you know, you could sell masks with a guy who's that size who really moves well and you put him on a show that doesn't have that 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 Yeah, but I, yeah, but I I think Kalisto yeah, yes and no. I mean, Kalisto was a former US champion and, you know, not for nothing. I think he's looked at a little higher than the Cruiserweight. I mean, I think the Cruiserweight division is going to be well, who the hell knows, Corey. But I think it could be and I'm not saying that it's going to be exactly like this, but it could be WCW-esque in that a lot of unknown guys and they flip around the ring and they do this incredible stuff. And I hope they give guys personalities and stuff like that. I mean, I hope they basically have the Cruiserweight Classic on Raw doing. Um, and if they do, that's almost they're almost going to be a separate entity. Where I think Kalisto now is a main roster... I don't really want to say star, but a, a solid mid-carder, where I think the cruiserweights are more low-card guys. So I don't see that being a big deal at all. I, I, I think one of my standout things of the night, and you tell me if I'm wrong, American Alpha, I, I think they got the biggest pop of the night. I mean, they were, the fans were going insane. And I didn't know if that was... Um, but that crowd was an NXT crowd. I wasn't sure where they were at. Massachusetts, but, yeah. 
I, yeah, I wasn't sure, you know, where they were at, but man, when American Alpha got, uh, you know, they went crazy. They really did. Um, they are definitely the standout tag team um, on that show. Uh, but I, you know, you know how I feel about it. I think they're the best tag team in, in the WWE in, in a really, really long time. And I love Anderson and Gallows, but I, I don't think these guys. I think Anderson is amazing. I think Gallows is okay. And American Alpha as a team, uh, they're they're a fantastic, fantastic team. Um, and I'm really looking forward to them. And I'm just surprised so much of the audience knew who they were. Yeah, it is. It's certainly interesting on where they went. And like so they were fifth round picks. Now let me let me. We'll get into American Alpha again in a second, but I want to get your point, your your opinion on this. As someone who watches, you know, a lot of these drafts, football, basketball, you know, I, neither I watch the hockey one because I have no life. No, I watch the hockey one too. It's okay. interesting. But I like it no the guys are all. I like it because the guys are all there. They're right. all calling people right there. It's, I, I I I think the NHL one's one of the best ones. Honestly, I I agree. Um, MLB one's awesome. Oh yeah, terrible. And, and that is our majority of our sports talk for the, for the episode. But what did you think of the format? The format on how they actually put this draft together. Basically, until they got later on, every round there was five picks, and there was they were basically bracketed into these five people are your first round people. These five people are your second. You know, yeah. what what did you think of yeah. how they did it? And it kind of made it as and they basically were saying these guys were the first round picks. Yeah, I think it was fine. I mean, I, I think it was interesting. Um, you're right. That, that is that is kind of how they made it. Um, I wish they would have said, like, selected. You know, I, I'm selecting this guy, but, you know, whatever. Um, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was good. I, I think it, the draft was, I think it was, um, they did a good job of interweaving it between, you know, them, you know, saying the picks and then having matches. Uh, the only thing, like I said, is I would have liked to have seen the reaction from the people backstage when they were drafted one way or the other. Um, of course, Owen stands out to me. He comes out. He's yelling at both of them about why he wasn't drafted yet. I thought that was great. Um, but, yeah, no, I thought um, I, I thought it was good how they did it, except I would have liked to see more interviews backstage. But the format of it, I think, was fine. I agree. I, I actually I liked the format. I thought it was well done. Um like I said, there are a lot of guys here we can discuss um, what show they're going to, but let's get into the people who weren't drafted. And we're not talking about Heath Slater with the little comedy skit at the end, being the last guy in there with the lights going up. Great, whatever, who cares? But NXT, you pick, they had six, uh, six slots. It was actually seven people because American Alpha counts basically as, you know, it was two, two guys but one pick. But... I don't want to say anything bad about the Mojo Mojo Rollins of the world, even though he's terrible. Carmella, I think, has you know a chance to be good at in a while. Alexa Bliss, I love. I think she. I, I understand she's extremely small, but I think she's got a really good character. I think she can gotten better in the ring. But could you explain to me why Joe? You know what? I love Nakamura. I can, I, I can, Cora, I can tell you why. Because NXT is their third brand, and they need to keep people on the show. They need to keep people on the show. Yeah, but that's why. I mean, they they can't have the, if they had the NXT champion, the number one contender, the number one contender for the women's title, the women's champion. What the hell would the show be? Why are you watching it for Blake and Buddy Murphy? 
and the, the Legions of Doom 2 or whatever? Like, why are you watching the show? You need to keep people on the show for people to watch. But don't at some point these guys have to come up? I mean, all right, look, look. I mean, I think that, well, I, well, okay. One, I think they're paying the guys enough where... I, like, I think Joe is making a main roster contract. I think Nakamura is making a main roster. Like, I think they're paying these guys well. Like, I don't think these guys are making, you know, $50,000 in a ham sandwich. Like, I think these guys are making, you know, 80, 100K. I think they're doing okay. Um, you know, and they're having their t-shirt sales. I think they're getting their merchandise sales. They're, they're doing all that. Um, could they, are they taking a little bit of a hit in terms of the live gate, in terms of the pay-per-views? Yes, but are they doing okay? Yes, I think they're doing okay. Um, and I'm sure that WWE had conversations with all these guys about why they need to stay down there or why they're keeping them down there. Um, I mean, who the hell knows? But I'm, I, I would suspect they would have had a conversation with Joe, Asuka, you know, Nakamura about why they're keeping them there. Um, I hear you, and I would have loved to have seen Joe in one of the shows but he's a damn NXT champion. I mean, what do you do if you're taking an NXT champion off of a show? What does that say? Uh, I'm not saying... I understand that point, and it's a good point. But then maybe you should have said that the people who are in the main event for NXT Brooklyn, or just say the NXT champions are not eligible to be drafted. Because it makes it... And this is something that I know that we're smarter than some of the average fans... And we take it a little more serious than some of the average fans. But if you're someone who watches NXT every week or someone who watches WWE and knows of, you know, some of these guys, the idea that they're not being drafted makes this look like a little bit of a mockery. I know? disagree. Only because, only from the standpoint... But hold on, before you answer this, but can't you, you... Give me the... Uh, you don't think that they maybe should have said the idea that the NXT champions are not eligible to be drafted? Uh, listen, I, I think... Because it's a joke if I Mojo hear, Rowling is getting drafted yeah. to the main yeah. roster and Samoa Joe isn't, you know? I hear what you're saying. Like, if there's a draft, then you think, okay, Balor, Nakamura, Joe, American Alpha, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Bailey, you know, whatever, whatever order right. you want. But, Corey, what are you doing with the roster? You're killing it. And I understand what you're saying. Um... As far as making it a mockery or making it a joke, listen, not for nothing. We know this isn't a real Here draft. we go. It's wrestling. We, why should we care? I mean, no, I'm not saying why should we care. But no, no, I'm not saying why should we care. But you know that they're doing things for specific reasons. Like for Joe or for Bale, uh, excuse me, Finn Balor. It's great that they drafted him that high. Oh, absolutely. Because it, because it, because it means that they think he could be a guy. Just because Joe wasn't drafted doesn't mean it doesn't doesn't mean that they don't think he can be a guy, but maybe they think he can carry, help carry NXT. So which they're saying is their third brand. So that's important to them. Maybe Corey, it shows you how important they feel like NXT is to them that they're not taking Joe and Nakamura and Bailey and Asuka out of there. Maybe it shows that NXT is something they really care about, is really legit, and something that they are really trying to do big things for. Yeah, but you know, when push comes to shove, I know that he says it's, I know that uh, Triple H, the godfather of NXT, everyone's favorite guy when he's not, you know, in the ring. Now, 
It's still a it's still a developmental brand though. I know they're saying yeah, it's a brand. Yeah, but need somebody there. They they now they're they're touring. Who are they gonna have? If Nakamura, Joe, American Alpha, Bailey, Oscar, if they go, who's gonna be the champion? The Legion of Doom two or whatever they call these people, authors of pain. I mean, who is gonna be there? Blake and Buddy Murphy. You want to see them out there in the main event every week? But you know what is? You it want them to send Tyler Breeze back? I mean, what do you, what do you want to do if they take all these guys away? What, why watch NXT? Uh, well, didn't they just bring in you know a guy to Bobby Roode, Eric Young? You still have Austin Aries there. You still have some great workers who are coming in. I mean, if you get rid of this ridiculous you know feather in his cap, the former Lasandra. Uh, Asandra, sorry, is there. I mean, you have guys that you're bringing in to, I would think, to replace the guys when they are promoted to the main roster. And like I said, if you don't want to put them up the main roster, I think you should have at least said the idea that the champions are not eligible to be drafted. Because like I said, it's weird. Like if you had a, you had, like say, if you're doing a fantasy football league and all of it, and Aaron Rodgers, well, let's say Tom Brady, Tom Brady just won the Super Bowl. Tom Brady is not eligible to be drafted. And you're telling, and all of a sudden, you know, at the draft, you say he can't be. It takes a little bit of gymnasty away. You know, all of a sudden, LeBron James, because he's a champion, you can't draft him if they're restarting the league. You know, I mean, just, or at least let people know that you can't, these guys, like ESPN with their fantasy baseball, they have the not, people who can't be dropped. You know? And how hard is that just to say these guys are not available? I what you're saying. And I don't think that you're completely wrong. That maybe they should have explained it to us. I think maybe for me is I don't I, I get what you're saying. And I thought Joe or Nakamura or someone could have been drafted. But you know, Corey, maybe it's I don't think this is a bad thing that they weren't drafted, first of all. I don't think at all that it was that's a bad thing. It keeps NXT strong. When these guys make their debut, I think it's gonna mean more. Um, I think you're gonna see vignettes for Nakamura. You're going to see him do even more. So I think he looks even stronger. Um, Bailey, I think, is going to be the mystery partner for Sasha in this um, uh, this tag team match. I I hope so, anyway. <laughs> so I think we're and I think they're going to be up soon, anyway. A lot of these people. So I get what you're saying, and I I. But the thing is, if you say, well, the champions aren't eligible, then people say, well, why does Nakamura not draft? So no one, you can't draft anyone from Japan who recently came over and any champion and not the number one contender. I mean, what are are we doing here? I mean, but couldn't you have simply, and and I know they're belaboring this point, but just couldn't have you just said... No main main eventers from NXT except one. That's it. You can take the roster... And one main eventer. That's it. You can't take any more main eventers. No, but here, couldn't you have done something simple and say, like, when it comes to Nakamura, that Nakamura had signed a, an exclusive deal with NXT for a certain number of time, oh and he's not eligible to be drafted? I'm falling asleep here with these explanations. You're going to have explanations for every person. What's Bailey? Hey, we can't have someone with a headband who's in California. We They, they can't be drafted. <laughs> Um, you know, what are we doing here? Where, where are we going to go with all this? There's going to be explanations for all these people why they work that. I, I see what you're saying. Um, is there one person that was drafted 
that was you think that really is going to go and get the biggest push or re- rebirth from getting going on to a new show with this roster brand? And I guess the obvious person everyone always is going to say is Ziggler. So if that's your guy, yes, fine. But is there someone who went and got drafted and you're saying, this guy now has a chance to be something special where he was basically lost for quite a while? Um, Del Rio. Um, you know, maybe... You know, I, maybe he remains a heel. Maybe it turns into a baby face. <clears throat> I do think the audience likes Del Rio. Maybe he's a guy who stands out. Uh, Neville on Raw. You know, maybe he's a guy that gets a push. Cesaro maybe kind of becomes that anti-authority figure who gets, I mean, that's kind of what the promo he cut. I don't know if they told him to say that or not, but he definitely cut a kind of anti-authority promo. He didn't want to be on SmackDown. You know, he wanted to be on SmackDown Raw's about the politics. He didn't want to be about that. Um, so he's a guy, you know, that could really stand out. You know, on the women's side, I know she's a recent person, and I know neither one of us are starting to learn. And Jax is someone who gets a big push. Um, I'd love for them to do something with Summer Rae, because although she's not, you know, very pretty, she I, I do think she's better in the ring than people give her credit for. Um, and I, I think she's a pretty interesting character. Um, maybe Paige gets a run. I, I think Paige maybe finally gets a look. Um, yeah, and obviously the guy, you know, Dolph Ziggler, Corbin, I think is someone that's really going to be going to be big on SmackDown. So, so yeah, those, those are those are some of my guys, some of my people. Uh, I, I think you got some good picks there. I mean, basically, you picked the whole entire sixth round. When you went with uh, Neville, Cesaro, and Del Rio back to back to back, that was. Yeah, I mean the mid the mid rounds of the, I mean the mid but that's it, right? I think that's obviously the top people are the people that they think are going to be the main eventers, and and then but there's got to be someone in those mid rounds who becomes uh, becomes someone because there's not enough people on the roster now. I mean these rosters are, are not big. You know, especially when you combine them with Raw, because Raw's got, I think Raw has more tag teams, so, and more women. So, I, you know, I think there's probably more of a chance for some of the singles competitors actually to stand out on Raw, especially if they have that cruiserweight division, and the cruiserweight division is all cruiserweights. So, you know, which also, Corey, is interesting. Like, what are they going to do with that? Does Ibushi stay down in NXT for a while? Um, do you need, do, does Grand Metallic stay down there? Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. I mean, it would be amazing if they signed him. I still haven't even watched him wrestle, but I've heard nothing but good things. Does he, does he come up to the main roster? Some of these guys are going to go instantly from, uh, from NXT or from the Cruiserweight Classic right to the main roster. Of course, I'd love to see guys, a guy like Davari out there too. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. Now, how do you think they'll they'll handle the people who did not get drafted? And I'm not just talking about, you know, Heath Slater, who, like, once again, sitting in the back by himself into the draft. Do they do it where they're all free agents? They can go to any show they want? Or do you? how do you think this is going to be handled? Yeah, I think what they're, you know, in terms of, you know, guys who are not um, drafted, I think they're just going to be on the show. I think they're just going to be on the show. Um, and I don't think it's going to be – they're just going to say, oh, yeah, this guy was drafted. I mean, or they'll do trades. I don't even know what guys other than Heath Slater 
still haven't been drafted yet. I'm sure you probably have a list. Oh, but, I, I think he might have um, been the only one that was on the list that wasn't drafted. Oh, wow. I so. think. I'm not 100% sure on that. But I think it so, yeah. could be so, interesting. So, I think, so then in that case, I mean, it's not a big deal. But, um, you know, they're making it into a storyline. And Heath Slater's, you know, the lovable loser enhancement talent. But he's still getting paid. So, God bless him. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think it'll be a big deal. Did you expect more uh, surprises? I mean, we got Finn Balor going early. But besides that, were there really? I don't really th- think there was any major. Maybe it's because they weren't good surprises in Mojo Rowling and I guess to a lesser extent like Anaya Jax. But were you yeah. a little, not taken aback, but a little, you know, underwhelmed on the there? There wasn't like maybe the return of RVD. Or, I'm just throwing out a name, you know. But you yeah, know, you're, you're, MVP yeah. coming to back. To answer your or, question, yeah, to answer your question, absolutely. Um, there were no trades. Um, you know, no trades, no real surprises other than Balor getting taken. Um, American Alpha, I popped for. Uh, maybe that was a surprise I got taken that high. Right. Um, Nia Jax was a bit of a surprise. Um, yeah, and there were some bad surprises. Um, there was, uh, the, the poop in the bag surprises, <laughs> like, uh, Mojo Rally and Eva Marie. But, um, no, I, I don't think. There were nearly as many surprises. I feel like the draft in past years was, and maybe, Corey, that's because they just put this damn thing together two hours before. I mean, that also could be part of it, too, is that they just put it together. Uh, It also tells you, man, if they just put it together that quick, do they really have plans for any of these guys? It is interesting to say that, yeah. Christ. Other than the world title, they might not have plans for any of these people. So... That, that's also a little scary as well. Were you surprised? I mean, I, I guess it would have been a little weird on the night of the draft, and then you would have been like, all right, these people don't even have to be there. But are you a little surprised that they didn't maybe put the women as exclusive to to SmackDown with having, you know, like Cruiserweights exclusive to Raw? Something that was exclusive yeah. for SmackDown? Yeah, that's a good point. I, I thought... You know, I like that Charlotte was taken really high. Shows you they're kind of, that they're taking the women's title seriously. Um, and they really have. I mean, especially since Mania, and they really are taking it seriously. But although I haven't loved all the stuff they've done, they've definitely tried to make it a bit more high profile. Um, but yeah, I mean, you really split the women up. And I think the women's division isn't super, I mean, the, the women who are there, the, you know, Pages, the Charlottes, the Sasha, the Beckys are good. But there's like, what, eight women in the division or ten? Um, and so I think it's a little lax. And so, yeah, I don't know if... I, I would have thought maybe they would have kept the women to one. Uh, but, you know, I mean, you know, I, I, don't, I know this is a great podcasting. And this is something the audience wants to listen to. But if you look at the women, let's see, Charlotte, Sasha... Um, Nia Jax, Paige, Summer Rae, Alicia Fox. I mean, that's six women in, on, on Raw. And on SmackDown, you have Becky, Natalia, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, Eva Marie, and Carmella. So that's so six women vying for a title. I mean, that's a lot to do with six women. That's a lot of them facing each other a lot of times. So I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it. I really think it would have been better if they would have stayed on one show. 
or if eventually they add a Bailey or an Asuka. I mean, that's also the thought, right, is that they're going to be adding to this with uh, their women's division. And you know what, I guess another thing that, one of the things that, the things I want to see answered, and this will get into kind of, I think, our last topic when it comes to the draft, is do you think that the champions will, maybe not the IC in the U.S., because they've done this in the past, where they were exclusive to shows, but do you think the women's champion and the tag team champions and possibly the world, they'll be, you know, competed on both shows? No. See, you think there's going to be two women's titles? I think they should. I think they absolutely should. I do not think they will. I think they'll keep them exclusive to, I think they'll have the SmackDown tag team titles and they'll have a women's SmackDown title. I don't think they'll have it. I would love for them to, and I think that's what they should do, but I don't think they will do that. Oof. I'm, hope, I'm hoping that you're wrong on that. I think that's what they'll most likely do also. But, you yeah. know. I mean, there were, there were times though when, you know, for instance, the, the you know, Kendrick and London, they wouldn't have had such a long reign with those SmackDown titles had they been on run. They probably wouldn't have even ever sniffed the titles. So sometimes it is good for teams that have opportunities. Um, I just think right now the roster is not big enough. And so I think that's the issue. I think the roster really isn't big enough. I mean, six women fighting for one title. I mean, Jesus, that's, that's not, it's not a lot. Um, so I, I think that's something that they, they're going to have to figure out and get creative with. I, I agree. I mean, I think that they should most likely just be one women's title and one tag team title, and they defend it on both shows. And I think that, see, I thought this was, was good, especially in the way that I would like to see this done. It was if, if a guy loses the title, that's the show they go back to, you know? So, I mean, I felt that was interesting, the idea of Dean Ambrose as champion got drafted to SmackDown, so if he ever, whenever he loses the title, he'll still be a member of the SmackDown roster. So I thought that made sense, and I, I just don't, I don't know. I mean, I just they have great talent. It's most likely one of the most talented groups they've ever had because you know how more athletic people are and everything else now. Yeah. But is there really enough talent on a monthly basis, a quarterly basis, that you're gonna need you're gonna get fresh enough matchups with you know having all these extra titles, you know? Raw's three hours. I mean, I think SmackDown, you can do that. Um, I think there's, I think SmackDown, you can do that. Other, you know, I mean, there's some rough workers in here. Eva Marie, Eric Rowan, Mojo Rowley, The Ascension, Kane. I mean, you got some rough people on SmackDown, I'll be honest with you. It's not the work rate show that I thought it was gonna, that they were going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, but then on, you, you know, Raw, you've got more people. Some of them are a little rough, too. Your, your Mark Henry's, your big shows in the world. but Yeah, but, but they know a style of match to have. I mean, they, they, Yeah, they, they do. They do. Um, so I think SmackDown, there's enough guys there because it's two hours. And, um, you know, Raw will get filled up with the cruise. Now, I don't know how they're going to roll that out. They just said the cruiserweights are going to be on there. That's it. Vince probably decided that right before the show. <laughs> or someone told him that he should do that and he thought it would be a good idea, even though he doesn't like the little guys. I mean, I don't know how they came up with that. But I think SmackDown will be okay. Um... I think Raw will be interesting. I, yeah. Um, 
I guess when in our last few moments, just quickly, we're not going to be doing a show before uh, Battleground. I think it's kind of a throwaway show for the most part. Two matches I think we need to care about. Uh, the world title match, and which we thought was going to be the feud to end the, you know, the match to end the feud. Get your quick thoughts on those two matches. So first, Owens versus uh, Sami Zayn. Your thoughts on that match? Yeah, I think it's going to be a tremendous match. Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I was going to say I'd see Owens winning it. I'm not sure how they're going to do that finish. Um, I think Zayn's a guy they really like a lot. I think he's a guy that I think he's one guy that's going to get a huge push on SmackDown. Um, but I think it'll be a great match. I'm just going to say that it seems like Owens is the guy they've had more faith in. Um, so I'll say Owens gets the victory there. But I think it'll be a fun match for sure. Um, I'm going to go with Sami Zayn. I think that you usually have the babyface win a feud like this. I mean, I don't personally believe that this is the last time they'll face each other. You know, but we'll see. And then the big match, what they do with Roman Reigns. Reigns, Ambrose... And Rollins. On the post-show, Corey Graves kept on bringing up the fact that you have two guys representing Raw. You think think they give the title back to Reigns, or do they keep the title on Dean Ambrose or put it back on Rollins for at least the short term? Where where do you think they go there? I think Rollins wins the title. Um, I thought he was going to win the title today on SmackDown. But it probably would have made SmackDown look good anyway. Their title, their champion losing um, on the show to end the show. But I do think Rollins wins the title on Raw and shows up on Raw. Um, I Where's see. The title? Uh, I think that sh- I think that you're going to have a really screwy finish here. I think that this is the way that they'll set up the uh, the two title a title a world title on each brand. I could see something where. Because Reigns is still might be a little bit in the doghouse, you have Reigns in some sort of either being submitted or pinned by both guys, and you have a finish where both you know Rollins and Ambrose legitimately you know should have won the title, and then they have to set up the idea of a secondary title or a new world title on Raw. I'm just gonna say this, Corey. I was just thinking about this. This Reigns drug suspension might be the best thing that happened. I'll tell you why. Happened to him or happened to Ambrose? Happened to Reigns. Vince now is going to say, oh, Reigns. And supposedly he's very angry at Reigns about this. Now, as I said earlier in the show, but Jason, you said that Vince doesn't care about guys doing drugs. Well, he may not care too much, except he doesn't want you to get popped for it on a test and then look bad. He doesn't want to look bad. He doesn't want to be made to look bad. That's what he cares about. And Reigns made him look bad. Maybe Reigns gets the boot here. He, not the boot, not fired, but he doesn't get the push. Maybe he starts losing matches. Maybe he starts, you know, jobbing out a little bit. And then the fans see this guy is getting his ass kicked. He's losing every week, but he's still fighting. He's still coming back. Then maybe they start getting insane. I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen, but man, Corey, maybe this is the best thing that happened because, you know, they, the fans keep booing him and he keeps winning. The fans boo him and he keeps winning. You know, it, it's just a, just a theory. I definitely think no matter no matter who wins, Reigns or, or Ambrose, or Rounds or Ambrose, I think Reigns has no chance to win. 
I think Reigns absolutely does the job. I, I could I see you I could see you being 100% right on that. Uh, last thing from me, what, do you think that McMahon is going to be able to be focused enough with what they're doing with this brand split that we do not see the face of the company, John Cena, on Raw again for at least until SummerSlam or for a while? Do you think the guy who oh, hosted, you know... Yeah, for a while. For a while. I, I think for a while. Um... So, you know, I mean, I don't know how long he'll go with this. Um, let's say through football season, um, and then, you know, maybe after the rumble, things will change. Um, but I think he'll stick, he'll stick with this for now, for now. Like, why, I mean, like, what is he gonna do? Unless he does a trade, unless they do some trade in the next couple of weeks or something crazy. Um, Unless something like that happens, no. I think he'll be there for a while. Like, why not? They need someone like him on SmackDown if they're going to make it a legitimate show, so. True. I mean, but you know what? I guess it's going to all come down to mostly what the ratings are. If he sees, as much as he says he wants competition and everything, if he sees, you know, the ratings go down without Cena on Raw, I I don't know how long we actually see. There's a whole idea that, excuse me. There's a whole idea after Cena was on the ESPYs and everyone said he, said he did a great job. There's a whole idea Cena may not be around like that. I mean, he, That's he's true, gonna, absolutely. Yeah. He's going to be there, he's going to be on the show, but he might not be on the show every week. He, he might not be featured on every pay-per-view like he normally is. Maybe they scale him back a little bit. So, you know, that's also an element of this, too. Yeah, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. Uh... Jay, I think it's the time of the show, especially with us doing this right after a, a live SmackDown. How about we do a nice little live read, explain to people how they can go and, you know, continue to follow us on all our little social media applications. Yeah, I'm definitely not reading. This is off the top of my head, which is why I, I feel like I'm messing up every week. Um, <laughs> so go to our, our show, uh, listen to us on iTunes or Stitcher. Um, if you're looking on iTunes, just type in Work to Shoot uh, Wrestling Podcast. If you're doing Stitcher, it's the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. So look us up there. Check out our Facebook page. Uh, we have a fan. We have a page, you know, that just has our stuff on there. And then we have a, a page uh, where anybody could be involved with. Just type in the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. You'll see our kind of fan page thing, and then you'll see our group. Uh, subscribe to both. That'd be awesome. Uh, our website is www.blocktalkradio.com dot com backslash work shoot podcast so check us out on that um just save save a link uh bookmark uh that link to your to your browser so you don't miss an episode um and uh at, on twitter we're at work shoot pod and Corey is at paladin 808 um we share our thoughts on raw on smackdown um if i don't know if i can get to this pay-per-view on sunday so i don't know how much i'll be sharing on that um, the G1 started yesterday, so, um, you know, I don't know that I'll be watching it live, but I'll definitely be tweeting thoughts, as will Corey. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. So check us out on Twitter, at WorkShootPod. Excellently done. Uh, and just to let everybody know, and we're going to try to have a, a, maybe a guest on in the next couple of weeks to talk about the season as a whole. But everybody remember, Lucha Underground, uh, Ultima Lucha Dose, the two-hour finale, is tomorrow, and of course, you know, for those who don't have El Rey, they can check it out on iTunes the following day or whatever, any other ways you wind up getting your Lucha Underground 
fix every week, but um, really hoping that Pentagon Jr. wins the title this week. I mean, I don't know if he will or not, but let's hope that the little, the world's smallest monster title reign is over. But you know what? We'll get into mo- that and a lot more next week. But uh, Jay, as always, thank you for staying up late and doing this uh, special uh, post SmackDown Live show. And uh, I guess the floor is yours. I think we're done here. See ya.